Welcome to the AF Mentors podcast. This is for coaches who care about impact and are ready to be pushed outside their comfort zone and into growth. You can find out more about AF Mentors at afmentors.com. Hello all, great questions today. And I'm actually going to start with a reading from Seth Godin's blog because I'm slightly obsessed with him. And I thought that this would not only be useful to people on AFM, but just like a general way of thinking about life. And the blog is titled The World's Worst Boss. And he says, that would be you. Even if you're not self-employed, your boss is you. You manage your career, your day, your your responses. You manage how you sell your services and your education and the way that you talk to yourself. Odds are you're doing it poorly. If you had a manager that talked to you the way that you talk to you, you'd quit. If you had a boss that wasted as much of your own time as you do, you'd fire her. Oh, he said her. Oh, that's good. Um, if an organisation developed its employees as poorly as you're developing yourself, it would soon go under. I'm amazed at how often people choose to fail when they go out on their own or when they end up in one of those rare jobs that encourages one to set an agenda and manage themselves. Faced with the freedom to excel, they falter and hesitate and stall and immediately punt. Hmm, punt. We are surprised when someone self-directed arrives at a scene. Oh, sorry, on the scene. Someone who's figured out a way to work from home and then turns that into a two-year journey, laptop in hand, as they explore the world while they're doing their job. We are shocked that someone uses evenings and weekends to get a second education or to start a useful side business. And then we're envious when we encounter someone who has managed to bootstrap themselves into happiness as if it's rare or even uncalled for. There are a few good books, sorry, there are a few good books on being a good manager and there are fewer still on managing yourself. And it's hard to think of a more essential skill to learn. Sorry that I butchered that and you can go and read it on Seth Godin's blog. I think you could just put in world's worst boss, Seth Godin, and you will find it. But I thought it was an excellent way to think about things. It's even very applicable to your clients as well. Especially the part that's like if you spoke to your if you had a manager that spoke to yourself the way that you do, you'd quit. Or that wasted as much time. Like you'd fire them. So start thinking about yourself and managing yourself properly. And there are things that aren't in your control, but there is so much more that is in your control. Okay, I'm gonna get the questions up now. <sighs> okay. Meltdown pending. After assessing my options and how much I'm paying to be in the gym, I need to fully move online by the end of November. I'm lucky I have a few online clients already and the one-to-ones I've spoken to are prepared to switch, but now the dream is very close to reality and I'm freaking out. Any tips to manage the stress of change slash fear? I'm, I'm a stress head and until I know everything, until I know everything is good, I lose sleep. So read the kind of short term of losing sleep. Write everything down before you go to bed, like do like a brain dump before you go to bed of just like, what is stressing me out? What can I do about it? And as soon as you kind of write that down, okay, this is stressing me, what can I do? And you're like, okay, well, nothing at the moment, right? Okay, I can park that. Or I'm doing all I can, I'm just waiting for X to come back. Like you've done your part and then you can kind of put that to bed. Re-stressing about this, like change is stressful. Change is scary, like it's exciting, but yeah, it's also a little bit stressful. And that's like, that's good, that's okay. I'm actually glad that you're, 
hand has been forced because you're someone who is basically at a seven out of 10 and it's really easy to stay there. Like everything is fine, nothing is awful. You're doing pretty well, but you're not doing as well as you could be doing and you're not exactly where you want to be. And most people stay there forever because they're like, oh, well, it's not, it's not awful and maybe I should just be happy with what I've got. And actually there's so much more, but usually you have to give up good to get to great. And that's scary and that's uncomfortable and it can be a little bit stressful. So I wouldn't shy away from that. It is part of the journey. It's much like when your clients are first making change, they're a bit scared, they're a bit overwhelmed. You have to push through that, you have to work through that. It's like the dip. It's like the dip. Again, Seth Godin, you have to push through that uncomfortable stage to get to where you want to get. And you're not gonna have a meltdown because you've got me. And if you need anything, you have my number, you can reach out. Okay, Mike. Oh no, wait, I wasn't gonna say names, okay. Michelle, it says, I stink at getting into people's DMs. I don't enjoy it. It makes me feel a bit gross. I have always done something similar in terms of making them invite me in with polls or questions, but it's usually quite dead. I ask myself questions and I try to keep polls quite broad to encourage more people to vote, but not really working for whatever reason. Any ideas or tips or bits or pieces of advice I can help? Or do I just need to gut up and start diving into DMs at will. Thanks. I think, so this is such a common piece of advice is just to start messaging people. And I don't, I just really don't think it's useful. Like if someone has not, especially if they're not following you for the right reasons, a little bit different if your page is very clearly health and fitness, that's the only reason they could possibly be following you. And you kind of open up, it's like, hi, I saw you just like following me. Please let me know if there's anything I can ever do to help. Or like, what are your biggest struggles at the moment? Or like something to kind of welcome people, but ask, like open up a conversation. Fine. But a much better approach is getting people to ask you to come in, basically, to their DMs. And if you're going in cold, I would go in to give, not to get. So you might be like, saw so you just started following me. Um, a lot of a lot of my clients struggle with fitting in exercise. So I've done three 10-minute workouts. If you want them, let me know. Or... A lot of my clients struggle with eating enough protein. And did you know that these are the benefits of protein? And here's some quick tips on how to get in protein. Again, this will be different depending on what your niche is and what your client struggles are. But remember that like, you have to form a relationship before you ask for any commitment. Like you're not just gonna go up to someone and ask them to be your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You have to form this relationship. And that starts with like being invited in, in some way or giving something. Don't always go in to try and initially get a sign up. Like initially you're starting conversations to start a relationship, some form of relationship. And then you can ask later on for commitment and then you delve into that relationship a little bit more. But I would start on the right foot by giving, by just opening conversation. It can be quite broad. What's your biggest struggle at the moment? Or what are your current goals? I'd love to know your current goals. And then you also need to be quite, quite critical and like look at your own content and ask, why would someone want to talk to me about their goals? Have I proved that I know what I'm talking about? Have I proved that I can help them? And that's something that, like, I, again, like I find it really useful to look at my Instagram on my laptop because I kind of see it with a little bit more perspective. And then you can be like, okay, well, actually, I've not posted that much or, you know, I've not actually really been talking about my client's niche. I've just been posting videos of myself training. That, sure, might get more interaction, but is that actually 
giving off the impression that you want, that you know what you're doing, that people should ask you for advice. Okay, Lena. Hi, I'm creating a five-day reset as a lead gen and I was going to put in a mini workout in it. As I currently have it set up, I wouldn't have a par queue or, con- or informed consent from any of the participants. Do I need to include this somehow? Or how do we work around this with a, th- a freebie? I think with a freebie, you're basically saying like, this is free, you can use it or not. You can even put a little caveat to that in, like if you're injured or something, like be sensible with this advice. But look how many free workouts there are online. Like you don't need everyone to be doing a parkour before that. So I think you just kind of caveat with it with something like that. Like this is a free workout for you to try. If you're, you know, if you need to be signed off by your doctor to exercise, make sure you have been signed off by your doctor to exercise. Like cover your own back. But generally, I've never really seen it to be a problem. Um, Joe, any useful tips on keeping on top of all we need to do? Diary, clients, new leads, chasing payments, etc. Well, I am obsessed with lists. So I would just keep writing lists and make sure they're organised lists. Like, okay, this is what needs to be done put labels on them like this is the admin task that needs to be done these are the times that they need to be done even things like I've started blocking out time on my google calendar but I won't just block out time as in this is work time but I'll also put and I put a max of two tasks that I need to get done in that time and then I normally get much more than that done but like those are the two things like when I sit down so I'm not getting somewhere and being like cool I've got this two-hour work block right, I'll spend the first 15 minutes figuring out what it is I actually need to do and then faff around for a bit and then actually I've only got an hour to do any work. Much better thing to do is like schedule ahead and be like, hey, this is the time where I'm going to do X. This is the time where I'm going to do Y. And then also have like a bit of a, a tick list so that you're making sure that you tick off the things that need to get done. And this is a little bit different for everyone. Like I really like just the notes on my laptop that sync with my phone and then Google Calendar, which also syncs as well. Um, but find what works for you but generally a to-do list like a really simple to-do list you don't need to overcomplicate it and I see some people overcomplicating their lists and to-do lists so much that that actually becomes like a procrastination tool in in themselves in themselves and as themselves like just write a list of things don't be like oh, i need to find the absolute best software and do this this and this and then have it ping to this email and then this is and like you're overcomplicating it before you know it you're wasting time actually trying to be more organized like your organization shouldn't be taking you more time than it's saving you is basically the gist of that so i would keep it quite simple and make sure it works for you but that's generally what i do is have a list of things to do and then i also have my um google calendar Okay, I saw your five-day trial and it inspired me to run my own trial. I think I have the main basis of how I would run it, but curious to hear how you're getting on and any tips. As I saw someone, uh, some comments you put that you haven't nailed it the way you'd like. Yeah, I mean, this is a great example of start good and get great. Like, there are a lot of little things that I did that I was like, oh, that didn't work quite so well or how I'd hoped it to work. Or maybe I should have thought that through a little bit better. Or maybe there was a better opportunity to connect with people on this level or that level. And I actually think it will be completely different depending on the numbers that you're getting as well. So if you're going to get 2,000 people on on a free trial, you're going to need to scope it slightly differently than if you know you're going to get 20 people on on a free trial. 
and then depending on what you want to offer will also depend on like who your niche is like you don't want to offer something and actually Catherine caught me out on this I was like oh should we use the habits on the my PT hub app and like let's just use those for the free trial and she was like yeah but we don't use those in commit to six so it wouldn't be a bit weird and I was like oh yeah <laughs> like it seems like such a simple thing I was like oh yeah that would be a bit weird like here's something we completely don't do <laughs> as a free trial um which makes me sound like a complete idiot but um that's why you have people to run ideas by right because you work through them and you're like yeah that, that's probably not uh, the best use of the free trial so make sure that you're showing them basically a part of your coaching system that you think is really valuable or at least that people are going to get something from so for example I think I've got um, about like 1,500 people on the free trial um, and I know of, there's not even space for everyone to sign up if they wanted to sign up right but a lot of it isn't about that it's again about forming relationships with people oh yeah I did that free trial I kind of got how it worked I personally think it's backfired a little bit because some of the software I was using it has made it look quite complicated which I think is then a barrier to people and like oh I didn't really know how to use the app so I'm not going to sign up to <laughs> commit to six now um, which is a bit annoying but again you live you learn make it better the next time um, I will do a full kind of review of how it went afterwards and then obviously tell you guys the mistakes that I've made so that you can learn from those but some of them won't be applicable because again it kind of depends on the numbers and how you're setting these things up um but yeah it's def definitely a good thing to do I'm, I'm also and I'll review this once I've done it but I don't know whether the timing was perfect so for for this I'm doing it as a straight run-in so Monday to Friday free trial we start commit six on on the next Monday I don't know if actually a week's gap would have been better which I know is what Alexandra did um or is going to do and I think that that actually in hindsight might be a better idea but I'm, we will see after this one I'll be able to tell more once I get to the end and I will share all with you all which isn't that the joy of having a mentor that actually coaches eh eh can learn from all my mistakes okay next question hey Emma best way to schedule weekly email sequence to go out to clients when they sign up I'd like to give weekly homework tasks. I also end up giving the same tasks, so I thought it would be a good idea if I could automate it. I always end up giving the same tasks, so I thought it would be a good idea if I could automate it. Mm. Okay, only because I know you and your business at the moment, I don't think you A, need to automate it, or B, actually want to automate it, because sure, you might be giving the same tasks, but it won't always be the same. And you might have one client who's like, oh, I'm really struggling with my relationship with food. And then you're giving them something about boredom eating, which are actually their emotionally eating. Or you're giving them a task about not body checking when that isn't something that they struggle with. And I think having a, which you're coming on to here on this topic, would it be best to deliver the task via PDF, Google Drive link, or are there other ways you suggest? I would have like a resource section like on your own computer of, Here's, like, here's all the tasks, the homework tasks that I have. Whether you want to have them in a PDF or a Google Drive link or whatever for your clients, it, like, that doesn't really matter. Whatever's easiest for them, essentially. I think PDF might be easier, but it depends. If you want them to fill things in, then actually having like an editable Google Drive thing that they can just add to, or like a shared document that they can add to might actually be quite useful. Um, then you get to see it in real time as well. And maybe you can offer feedback on that document, which again, 
is quite useful. It's what I do with my one-to-ones on the mentorship is they'll, you know, they might send me something, but it will be in an editable Google document, which means I can go in and be like, oh, in this place I do this, in this place I do this, have you thought about this? And actually that makes it much more easy to collaborate on things. So that might be something, read the homework. You can schedule things weekly. It's not hard to do. If you use MailChimp, there's an option to do that. If you use Active Campaigns, there's an option to do that. I'm pretty sure like most things there are. I just think at this stage, you probably don't want to unless you're running something like quite large group coaching. Like one of the benefits to having less clients is you can make it more personal and you can make sure that they are getting the right homework at the right time, not just because it's week two, they're getting X, you can kind of scope it a little bit more. So I would consider that and like, I'm happy to be wrong and I can absolutely show you how to schedule emails. That's not a problem, but I think you maybe don't want to do that yet. Okay, next question. Hi, any mindset tips for how to handle increased cancellations? During August, my gym has lost three long-term members all been with me since the day we opened. It feels huge for me as our retention is usually brilliant. Different reasons for each person leaving, leaving, but money tends to be the main problem. I am an expensive gym in comparison to big gyms. I'm worried that I've done something wrong, but all the feedback from those leaving is that they felt supported and leaving for other reasons. Struggling to shift a negative mindset and I'm worrying that others will also leave. Okay, I totally get this because I don't think anyone is immune to this. I would do exactly as you've done, ask for feedback, take it on, kind of delve in a little bit with the feedback because most people are quite nice and especially in person, they want to give nice feedback. But you could even be like, I don't know, just I would just probe a little bit more to see if you can get you know, anything I can improve on, anything you would like to see in a gym like this, blah, 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 that kind of stuff so that they've got an opportunity to give you, like a lot of people think that you're asking for feedback because you want your ego massaged, but actually if you're like, I'm looking for ways to improve, tell me what you think would be an addition to the gym. And then I would try and put that negative energy that you're feeling into attracting more clients. Because you're right, if you allow yourself to wallow in that, then others will pick up on that energy. Well, that was very annoying. Um, I gave an unbelievably amazing answer and um, it didn't record. So I'm gonna have to give it again. But what did I say now? I think, okay, so I was speaking about how you need to apply what you would apply to your clients. So a bit of self-compassion. If a client goes off track, you want them to be compassionate towards themselves, right? Because you know that you can quickly fall into this negative spiral of, oh, I've had one quote, quote, bad meal, so I'm just going to have more bad meals. And then actually being in that headspace makes it really hard to make positive change. The same is true with your business. Like, that when you tell your clients, like, it's not an if you fall off track, or it's not an if you have a, a meal that wasn't exactly hitting your macros. It's a when, like, that is part of your journey. And as a personal trainer, it's not an if you lose a client, it's a when. No personal trainers don't lose clients. So f- for sure, learn from it, and you're allowed to be upset about it, but there will always be these, like, I mean, you can call them failures if you want, right? Failure is not a bad thing, but you have to learn from it. And you have to be compassionate with yourself that this is something that as a personal trainer, I will have to experience and I can't let it put me off track. And reframing anything is about changing the way that you perceive the feelings, not the feelings themselves. So it's not to say that you have to be happy about failure. That's unrealistic. 
it's that you appreciate the lessons you can learn from each client. And actually, if you've left those clients better than you found them, you've done your job. And you have to accept that it is an inevitable part of the process. Like, we all fail. I've just made so many mistakes on my free trial, which obviously you can all learn from and avoid. But it's part of the process, right? It's part of being a business owner. It's part of being a personal trainer. Having clients leave is an unavoidable part of being a personal trainer. So give yourself some self-compassion for that. Take the feedback, use it, but don't let the fact that a couple of clients have left ruin your mood and, and kind of let you spiral. Actually, you have to accept that that happens and that there will be plenty more clients and that if they're leaving happier and healthier than when they found you, you've already done your job. You will never be able to be a successful personal trainer if you cannot get over the fact that your clients will leave. They will. Now, the fact that you've got excellent retention is amazing, right? You want clients to stay for as long as they need. It's not really as long as you need. And actually, I mean, this is why I don't tie people into contracts. I want people here as long as they want to be here, as long as they are getting benefit. It's exactly the same with your clients. That is all for today, guys. If you have, if you're on AFM and you have any more questions, post them on the question thread and I will see you on Thursday for the Mastermind. If you're not on AFM, then you should be and you can go to afmentors.com to sign up or you can book a call there with me if you want to talk to me before signing up. Bye.